Well, it's just about two and a half weeks since the earthquake struck Port-au-Prince in Haiti. And for an update on what's going on in the country there, we have the BBC's Karen Allen. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. What is going on in Haiti now? Are, are rescue efforts uh, getting becoming more organized? Is there less chaos? Certainly, yes, it's falling into place, but it's still a very, very slow process. And the reason why things are slow, slow is you have to remember that many of the government structures have completely disappeared. If you go downtown in Port-au-Prince, where I'm speaking to you from, uh, the ministries no longer exist. The finance ministry, for example, is in tatters. The tax office has got literally tax forms strewn all over the place. So there is a real sense that that the, the things that you would normally rely on to help organize an emergency effort are like this no longer exist. There are efforts to try and uh, shift large numbers of people who are living in makeshift camps in the center of town out to the edges, but they don't have enough tents. They've got about 10,000 tents the UN believes it can muster, but they're expecting about a million people that they will need to shift. So what we are seeing is uh, Haitians beginning to start take the initiative. We've seen people fashioning their own uh, huts and tents themselves in any spare piece of land they can, they can find. I've found people who've been redigging the foundations of their houses. And we've, of course, had that miraculous rescue over the past couple of days. You remember there was a 16-year-old girl who was dragged from the rubble uh, of a building uh, 15 days after the earthquake. Now, we've been hearing over the past 24 hours a little bit more about that. Doctors have said she's defied biological facts. This young woman basically was encased in concrete when the house she was in next to the university collapsed around her. She was able to survive by drinking water from a bath. She was pulled from the wreckage when neighbours heard her cries. She's now aboard a French hospital ship, and today she's expected to be reunited with her mother. Okay, that is the BBC's Karen Allen speaking to us from Port-au-Prince in Haiti. Let's turn now to Haiti's neighbor. We're going to look at the place where Haiti's many Haitians are seeking refuge, and that is the Dominican Republic. There's a 241-mile border that separates Haiti from the Dominican Republic. Before the earthquake, there was about a million Haitians already living in the neighboring nation, many of them undocumented. Now thousands more are at least trying to cross the border in the coming months ahead. Jorge Pineda is the founder and editor of DominicanToday.com. Good morning, Jorge. Good morning. So how did Dominicans react in, in the first few hours after the earthquake? It was uh, probably unprecedented as far as uh, how quickly uh, Dominican rescuers got to Port-au-Prince. It was obviously, uh, because of the distance, uh, the first uh, government to provide aid for Haiti. And uh, the enthusiasm also was unprecedented. Dominicans just felt so, <clears throat> they felt so badly uh, that we couldn't do more because, of course, we are almost as poor as Haiti. But the, uh, still, our hospitals are just overwhelmed by Haitian patients. And uh, the Dominicans are taking it. You know, they're, they're doing the best they can. And because we also are familiar with tragedy, you know, this country has been hit several times by major hurricanes in the last 20 years. So we know what this feels like. Before we kind of talk about how the relationship between the two countries has been affected by this earthquake, let's let's kind of remind people of the, the sometimes tense, definitely rocky relationship uh, between the Dominican Republic and, Republic and Haiti. Yes, uh, it, last year was uh, quite tragic uh, in the sense that there were uh, several violent killings uh, between the two countries, uh, between the two uh, nationals from the two countries. 
And it was a year to forget, obviously. And this, unfortunately, this magnitude of this tragedy will definitely make us forget uh, the, uh, the tensions that in the last 20, 30 years have heightened for the increase of uh, undocumented patients coming across the border. Well, has that relationship? We, we, we spoke to Chandre Estevez. She's a human rights lawyer at Dominican Haitian Women Movement. We asked her this question about how the relationship has changed in light of the earthquake. And, and uh, Chandre blames the media for having sparked the tensions in the first place. Some media leaders raised a campaign against Haitian migrants here. And it's really dangerous because the people are listening to the radio the Haitians are dangerous, the Haitians are bad. So, so what do you think about that? Are, are, are the, the, the Dominicans believing that Haitians are dangerous for their country? Uh, I, I, the media cannot be blamed for this. Uh, this remember, uh, it's, since we were ch- children in school, we, we were taught history. The fact that as recent as 18, uh, 1844, uh, it was... Uh, Haiti, uh, which dominated the Dominican Republic, and it was a violent occupation. So it isn't about beliefs, it's about history. Uh, but of course, uh, as education in- improves in our country, we also realize that uh, the Haitians aren't to blame for what happened to us 200, 150 years ago. So this is, uh, it, I, the situation is undoubtedly improving, uh, especially uh, given the fact that uh, much aid is reaching Haiti, and the, many Haitians uh, don't, uh, don't come across the border. Many Haitians decide to stay in Haiti, and the ones that are here are considered very hardworking. So uh, by and large, Americans don't feel that bad of having uh, the one or so million uh, undocumented Haitians here. And, and as a matter of fact, several industries uh, depend highly on that labor, especially uh, construction, agriculture, and even tourism. Boy, this question of undocumented immigrants is kind of a worldwide issue, isn't it? Jorge Pineda is the editor of DominicanToday.com. He joined us from the Dominican Republic. Thanks so much. I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. There's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. In print or here on the podcast, The New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. So please join me every week for The New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts.